Welcome to Perry Mason Podcast by Bleed TV. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight is Chapter 2, Episode 2, The Excitement of the Names. Oh, I mean, you're over there like cracking open a book. Oh, yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> chapter 2, where's the whiskey? We, yeah, is really. that coming up? <laughs> this the episode didn't have a special flask. You notice that? I mean, like we saw one, but I, like, I was hoping for like a, every episode we'd get some kind of cool flask opening. I would be new okay book, with that. New color, maybe a bejeweled one. You know, <laughs> you know? We did get a war flashback. We did. We did get that. Which was which substitute very well? Yes. Which uh, have y'all ever had a colorful flask or like a very embarrassing flask to own? I have not. I've never no. owned one. No. Really? I've been given one as a bachelor gift yeah. or whatever before. You know those cheap stainless ones. You, you know, know they have their name, your initials yeah. engraved on them or something. Oh, I mean, I've never had the initials engraved. That's that a little bit all out. Disappeared into some sock drawer years and years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we did have the war flashback. I will say we had a very cool title screen that uh, I'm always excited about. Just seeing the Perry Mason with his legs taking out part of that A. Yeah, when and, he stood right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm, the yeah. old font. Man, just little creative things like that always get the juices flowing for a no, nice episode. No so overall episode, how do y'all feel about the episode in comparison to one and how we're going so far? I preferred this episode. I actually do too. I thought I thought this episode really, really set where I could sink my teeth into things. You know, like I feel good about it. I'm falling in love with characters more. Sink your teeth? We're chewing. I think we got this case cracked in about two more episodes. Like we, we <laughs> well, cracked that, this to true HD. That was the weird thing. Was talking about it while we we're watching the show. It was like, how are they going to do eight episodes? Yeah. I mean, they, unless there's some other story that's about to be involved that I'm not sure of. It sure looks like we're on the uh, <laughs> the tail end of it almost already. We're on the heels of this case already. You know? But I mean, there's definitely going to be at least two solid episodes in the courtroom. That's that- what I'm th- I was just going to say is that if you if you think back to Perry Mason, you know the classic TV show. You know it was all about him having that those couple of nuggets of evidence that you bring in at the end, and everybody goes, <gasps> and it just dramatically changes the courtroom and how the things go about and proves the innocence. And so I fully expect we're going to get some kind of razzle-dazzle. We're just going to get these episodes where we're getting the crumbs put together where we can make, you know, slice of bread again, and we're going to get to see that in the courtroom. I think what we're seeing, especially with this episode, is – we see how broke Perry is. We see him even looking at the job list mm-hmm. uh, flyers, you know, mm-hmm. out there. The labor agency. They did a, a good job of showing people coming into depression and how bad it is. Um, you, you, and I think he's seeing with EB, like, everything not to be. Yeah, well, there's your elitists, and then there's, every, you know, it seems to be everybody else. It, it kind of shows a little bit of, like, even, even cu- current culture. It shows little... the good old boy system. Yeah. Yes. Right? And it shows the political system where these people are just making arrests, making arrests, look, make the headlines, make us look good, right? Well, I mean, just to see the attorney general or district attorney, I don't remember, DA, yeah. the DA, right? where he's like, this is what it, it is, yada, yada, I, no crime will stand, take the photo, and we're gone. It's just like, yeah. wait, could you really do that? Is that how this was oh, done back then? That's grandstanding. It's of all political moves. So, But what I'm saying is they, they hit on a few notes this episode. We haven't been EB and Associates for years. You know, fantastic scene that entire thing. Oh, yeah. I'm the just, office thing stole, stole oh the show. My, I was laughing my ass off. But don't you feel like they are grooming Perry? Hundred percent. By the end to of this be season, Eb's partner or replacement? Replacement. No, he is going to be Eb. The replacement. He's going to be what Eb used to be. 
EB, I think, has finally turned to the dark side. Like this, this case is probably going to be the situation where you see him going shaking hands with the DA and all that stuff. This is him going into. I need to get back into my political power, my my stature. Play along to get along. Exactly, because yeah. he doesn't have associates anymore. He's not, you know, he's not a hot hand anymore. He's not a celebrity name. He's not well known. This is the, this is the case that puts him back on the map and everything else. And so when you see him walk over there and talk to the DA, shaking hands and you know acting like they're drinking buddies, this this is where Perry is going to realize that okay, I work for him, but this is not who I want to be. You yeah. know what I mean? So this is going to be the creation of the Perry Mason we know, and like from the original show, um, I just didn't expect it to be as you know fast, un- fast as getting there. Is what I, that's what I feel like. I might be totally off base, but that's what I feel like. But I know. But what I, my thing is, is I feel like they are slow pacing Perry's future, fast pacing the case, which I think they're putting things in front of us right now that just aren't necessarily true or, or, or they're, I don't know how to say it. They're you putting diversions on us or what? I mean, I think there's just more mysteries to be unsolved. Like exactly. I just think it's episode two. I just think more is coming. Sister Alice obviously has a dark hidden secret that we're going to discover later on through this. The mother of sister Alice is new, definitely new addition. She's uh welcome. She's always a great actress. Usually yeah. in the character role. Um, I know. I remember but, her too. She was the bad. She was one of the bad guys. She was Gary Sinise's partner in Ransom. Yeah, he, he greased her. <laughs> wow. I just, totally. we, we, yeah, we went on a Mel Gibson. We went on a Mel Gibson uh, rant earlier tonight. page earlier tonight. So that's why Ransom came so easily. <laughs> yeah, right really. There. I just, you know, it's one of those key moments. You remember these things in a classic. But she's movie. been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, she's going to be playing a bad guy in this show. Yeah, she surely feels that way. Yeah, she seems very. Um, I don't know. She she seems to be like the head of the church. She's the real head, it yes. seems like. Well, her and... Whereas Sister Alice is the figurehead. Sister Alice is the figurehead. Her mom and Badgerly are definitely the two that are running this. Because as soon as he said, boom, we're having it here, and the chair made that decision, Sister Alice's mom got a little upset about it, but ultimately folded pretty quickly to it. Yeah. So there's... This church, I think, is going to give us another two episodes that we're going to be looking through. And there's going to be something between Perry and Sister Alice by the end of this season, I really think. Well, they had some weird moments in this mm-hmm. episode with Sister Alice. When she takes um, Emily's hands yeah. after the first uh, first time coming yeah. back to church or like that, it's like she has some kind of premonition. Right. Well, and she had that weird stare off. Like she blinked a few times, and then, like you said, she has her hands, and it was like La La Land. Yeah, she just kind of goes off. And we saw another one where she's sitting there, kind of staring off into space, mm-hmm. and you hear a baby giggling or something like that. And then there's the part where she stares at Perry for whatever way, reason, way too long, and he's staring at her. Yeah. And I'm just interested to see what route they go with. Yeah, I am too, because I don't want any kind of premonition nonsense. No, that, there's no need for that in the 1932. Yeah, and I think what we might find is just like um, Baggerly, right, mm-hmm. has a bad past and has now been reformed, born, again, born uh, again style. It wouldn't surprise me to see if Sister Alice also has a past that is the reason why she picked up on something yeah. with Emily. Maybe she can tell by 
her eyes or whatever the case may be, which are black as night. Yeah, it just hasn't slept, it looks like, in a week. That she can tell she's an alcoholic or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, I would be fine Just from past experience or something. But, I mean, while we're talking about Sister Alice, our introduction to her in this service is one of the most fascinating things that I've seen as an introduction. Yeah, this is almost some, like, I don't even know how to say, like, something, like, you see these, like, snake handlers and... Yeah, they pitch tents out in fields and draw people in. Well, I mean, not only that, like she looked like she was Ariana Grande or something, navigating a stage, moving around. <laughs> yeah. Bravo to the sound director. Anytime she wasn't near a microphone, it, it went was, down. It went down and yeah. it echoed more versus the microphone yeah. way up there. You have the guy following her around with like three yeah. extension rods and the microphone hanging there. Yeah. Zach out here, like wait. Were there any women leading churches back in 1932? Yeah, it's funny you said that. I pulled my phone up and I was doing some homework on it. You know, the first female pastor was like 1888. It's actually recognized. Was it so, Quaker? Um, because the Quakers not, actually did have women up there. And so this this church, what they're talking about is not your... Typical. Not your typical, you know, Catholic, Methodist. Obviously. Well, you know, <laughs> and so on. You know, judging by the visuals of it and stuff like that. But even for 1932, it was extremely... Rare, rare, you know, or very unlikely to have a female-led um, or a pastor, a parishioner, what do you want to call it? Um, it, it, it did happen. It was yeah. possible. I mean, and um, Methodist was one of the first that were had uh, several female pastors, even in the early teens, and and so on. Based on what I was looking it up and everything, but um, probably none of that success. I just, but my, my next thought was is that one that would bring in the likes of a you know. With Clark Cable and you know mayors and DAs and all you know all that kind of stuff like that, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like to me, like it definitely felt like we're they hit some key points in the episode. You know, we're dealing with a, an African American officer who is having is being forced to change his report. And, you know, and they're bringing up the whole you know if you're if you're Negro, you can't be a a detective. You know, and they you know the, all these little policies and the winks and the you know you're. You, all that kind of stuff. So you're, you're hitting on things that were big and still a part of the U.S. in the early 30s. And so I, I got to imagine being a female you know, preacher, pastor, whatever like that is extremely uncommon. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't, if there's more that goes back in the church and that this wasn't an opportunistic thing to happen. Mm-hmm. People in your church have their kid kidnapped, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, and go into this big system in order to get publicity for the church. Well, then, so then does that make us think that Baggerly has something to do with Sister Alice or her mother, and that's why that she's the head? Not sure. Don't know necessarily where it would come from, but it was like people take advantage of opportunities. Oh, absolutely. You know, no, there's no doubt. So if you have the opportunity, when you know all the most powerful men in your city are in, you make a show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You make it where people are going to remember. It becomes a spectacle. Right. And maybe you flatter them and you try to get them in your church to get powerful people in your church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them in. Hold them hostage (laughs) with uh, whatever blackmail material you got. Well, some big revelations in this episode is, is that Baggerly is Dodson's dad. 
Yes. And that, you which know, makes sense for how we actually got the hundred thousand. Yeah. So all, all the, the, the financial question was answered from episode one. Mm-hmm. So now the new questions are, is that how is the church infused in this situation? Because the church has been prominent for two episodes now, and we've only had two episodes. This one really, really well, two prominent. chapters. Yeah. Yeah. And, when when are we going to get the episode that dives into his the, past? Yeah, the, the church, church being something more than it's not. You know, I fully see that coming. Do we know how long the church has been around? Have they said that anywhere? Or seems pretty new. Yeah, I mean that's what I was trying to figure out. Is like maybe he started it, and that's why. I don't know. We don't yeah. have enough information yet on that. I, I would say. Yeah. Um, Just no, making sure but, I didn't miss anything. But revelations, yes. So we get introduced to. Officer Drake, mm-hmm. yes, um, which I immediately like. I think oh, he's, he's great already! A phenomenal character actor. Phenom- I love the, the appearance they give him, dude. Him disarming the, the older gentleman and you know this, the wife quarreling oh, and yeah. stuff. I was like, this is badass, <laughs> man. And again, kudos to the casting director. Oh yeah, the the people and the period. I mean, everything is just spot on. And man. the costume designer. I mean, we've talked yes. to one of those people before, and the amount yes. of work. To get all of these clothes. How many like, times you watched a movie and you see a character and you're like, you just don't look like you fit in this neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't get that vibe from anybody, anybody. in this show. No, and they, and they not only that, but we all kind of gushed over a little cinematography of him going down the hallway oh my God. Oh, yeah. with the yellow hanging up. Yeah, to find the bodies and stuff. I mean, they're doing a really good job of introducing him. They have already. Well, and bravo to, like you said, introducing him, seeing him work that room, pick up little trails and stuff, and then just kind of follow them around and actually look like he was looking for things instead of just stumbling upon it. Absolutely. And, and I know Zach made the comment like we don't feel like this is going to end well for him. Oh no, it doesn't. And that, uh, that was at the end when he uh, finds the team. Yeah, I mean, like anytime there's a conspiracy like this with powers that be, you know, the the, the lone wolf that you sh- introduce by having a wife that you obviously love and she's all, pregnant, and yep. she's pregnant, this that or so on. This is the guy who gets snuffed out. You know what I mean? And the guy he's ultimately got to find is an already established detective that. Right. Yeah, it's not going to end well. It's, for it's not going to end well, you know. And poor Drake just, is in a bad spot. So. Yeah, or we lead to the first African American African American detective, and it's Drake. Sadly, I think he's in a bad spot. I'm yeah. going to go with bad spot. <laughs> I I, don't I think disagree. there's more tragedy than a you know redemptive I, and anything. The, the music that's getting played behind him anytime he's doing these detective things <laughs> is not it's not light and airy like he's I'm going to be person. a little more optimistic and <laughs> he's just the assume. next victim of you know, Matthew you know, of, uh, Perry Mason if you're a soldier you know don't get around him if you uh, I have a hangnail yeah. <laughs> 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 Gasp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't worry, man. You won't feel a thing. Yeah, really. So we did find out that Mace, was, Mason was blue noted. Blue noted. Which Never was especially reserved term. for African Americans or homosexuals. 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 And Perry Mason's return was... Only uh, one time? Only It was only queer once. Which I didn't know if he was just leaning into I don't know it. what he's talking about. Well, he was also called the Butcher of... Something starts with an M. Blavin or something like that. And I think that was the uh, scene that we saw in his flashback. Yeah, obviously maybe somebody witnessed him shooting his own soldiers. Well, you know, and that leading the charge the entire way through. Yeah. I-, I wonder if he gets a title because of who he was killing bad guys or because he killed his own guys. Probably a mixture of both. 
I don't know. And the thing EB said says we are, you know, our jobs to do the hard thing, even when it's not, you know, easy or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Of all people, you should know that. But I mean, just the fact, the cojones he had to lead that entire charge with a pistol. Like, I still can't get over that. You know, believe it or not, like, if I was in that situation, a pistol is, it had, that gun, I own said gun. Yeah. Okay, that's a 1911 Colt, very classic like that. It's eight in the magazine, one in the chamber. That that bayonet style, um, uh, M1 Grand, you know, it's three to six, I forget what's uh, how many it is. It's less shots in it, and it's harder to load. I mean, I fully agree with all that, but I have to believe we had some kind of semi-automatic rifle or machine gun that I could have been running into war with that had more than nine bullets. They did, but they it wasn't standard issue for your soldiers. Yeah, well, I mean, you see what the Nazis were using, Gatlin guns on yeah. them. <laughs> um, Which is why I want something better than nine rounds. Yeah. Like, that's just me personally, though. I understand. You know? I understand what you're saying. Like, but... If I'm going to be cannon fodder, I want to feel like I can be a little bit more. Well, that's the thing. I you you probably need to be on the Russian side. They had they had a few. Um, there were two drum busy. guns. I forget what they're called. That were rad. Back in nineteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. Nice way to go, Russians. They would also shoot you if you tried to turn around and uh, not run towards the battle. Quick death. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that quick death. Better than starving in the uh, cold. Yeah, the, no, I'd probably find one of my fallen comrades, <laughs> pick up his other 1911, and have double dual wield. Uh, uh, yeah, that's I don't right. know, man. My left hand is absolutely worthless. That's all right. Yeah. Though. <laughs> you see me running at you with two guns, Wilton, is a lot better than me going with one. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it out there. Okay, I'll, but put them put 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 both in your right hand with a long pair. Look, the bottom line is, is that we were all looked at each other like. Those are men in those oh, bunkers. Oh, 100%. Because I didn't quarrel down and you know, shit my knickers as I'm seeing the bullets go <laughs> yeah. over the top of me. You know? I'd be like, oh, Sam's just thinking again. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> I'd be that guy in the back, gas, gas, retreat. <laughs> just smear poo on yourself. <laughs> shoot yourself in the shoulder so you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, that's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Keep running. <laughs> hey, Mr. Dual Wheel. He shot himself head. again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but then we go back. I mean, we have that office scene where oh, EB God. is just yelling at her. Don't I pay you to answer the phone? Oh, yeah. And she or, answers it differently each and every no, time. Pete, like, I got to blend in. You know, the guy went into the horse house. I like, don't reimburse <laughs> for house. That was probably the best scene of the episode. Oh, just no all going in at it. There's no doubt. Well, um, then... Uh, just handing him that those letters and everything, trying to fig- seeing EB's brain work, trying to figure out how he can introduce these. And it's like, any way you can put these back? You know, you have me call it in. Probably already crawling. Just like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. You know, another scene we, you, we forget, it, but it was the first two minutes, was him walking into the thread shop. I mean, just walking yeah. in and seeing this. Tell me if this is a real room is what I want to know. Was this a CG play or did somebody spend the time or was this a, or is there a room somewhere? I want to know, man. I'm I'm betting this was CG. Yeah. Uh, only because that's a lot of effort. I mean, it'd have to be cheaper to go CG than to find all that thread. Well, I mean, you could find a lot of you know, thread. Probably, it could be a, a museum room. You know, this is what it was in 1940s, you know, or 30s, whatever, you know. There are places like that. That's know? true. There are there are spots like that. I mean, St. Louis, the city museum has a little cool spot that has 
I mean, yeah. it used to be a shoelace factory. So they still have the shoelace making like equipment and stuff from way back in the day. So that's cool to me. So, yeah. So maybe. I mean, you never know. I mean, like all I know is, is the way they shot it and stuff like that. It was badass. And you know, you're like, well, it's a thread shot, but still, that's just nostalgic at the time. I no, think yeah, that was impressive. a factory. That was, yeah. Very right. impressive. And we realize how good Perry is by a finding a thread shop like that, going and trying to connect the dots with this. But then he follows that up by just talking to uh, the wife. I can't remember Emily. Emily talking to her, figuring out, lifting up the turtle, seeing, starting to connect some dots, continue working that camera, yeah. realizing a PI's best uh, help is a nosy neighbor. <laughs> nosy neighbors, baby. Man, they just linger. Yeah, and just sitting there, she's always on the phone. Don't want to forget also him getting into this house and the special effects of homeboy's face and head gone from what the face? shotgun blast. You know, Wait, half a call? face, no face, Gary. Okay, so let's go ahead and be honest with ourselves. How many people in this room right here, by a show of hands, could go over there and look at this body and mess around with it, see if that's his without teeth, throwing up, it, without without just like everywhere all over it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. Not planning on seeing anything. Like I don't that. usually get too squeamish about stuff. I love horror and gore and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's the case when it's in real life. In yeah, front of really. me. And it's a little bit different when you got that smell. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, like we he talked about earlier. Ripe. There's no AC. Yeah. And uh, probably that, it was looking yeah. a little hot. You know, you brought that up. That, that's a little detail here. Those two guys were in that room that um, the officer found. And there was flies and all that stuff. But when... Perry went and found, you know, Mr. Home, Shotgun Face. No face. I didn't flies. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, but also I looked at that like, this is a guy who had his own vehicle, nice Packard, had his own home, looks like a decent place. You know what I mean? I just, I, I looked at it like they were in a seedy, kind of shitty apartment. Um, it was empty, you know, basically. And so I would just assume it was something like, a little bit better home insulation yeah. or something. Yeah. Door door was left open, it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Let it breathe a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get that out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake instantly is like, oh, that's the car. It's going to have the damage on the front bumper and everything. We see Perry. Or maybe it was Zach. Was it Zach? Oh, well, I mean, we try to give you too much credit. So. <laughs> don't you dare deny me again. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the the thread thing though, like how soon do we see like bad cop Enos like reach up to smoke a cigarette and you see his jacket has got a loose thread hanging off of it? I mean that's easily gonna be episode six. Like that's one of the nuggets mm, Zach was talking about. I don't about see anything like that. I'm just saying. No, he'll what you'll end up his is that you will find out that. They sh- he'll go into the church and in the back room, somebody's makeup table. You open it up and there's a spool of thread right there. And ding, ding, ding. They're going to say the kid's eyes were sewn at the church or something. That's going to be more likely in my mind. I kind of like that one better. That's very it's possible, to, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it's going like, to have to be something more like that. I you have to be a kind of sick person to sew a baby's I would agree. eyes open. So I don't see it being... One of the church members, in a way, I could see it being the mother. Do we have the answer of whether or not the baby was alive when the eyes were sewn? Or no, we, I don't think it was. Okay, yeah, I mean, because everyone keeps could saying that nobody, to, <laughs> but everyone was saying nobody was trying to hurt this baby. Something unfortunate happened, and so I mean, maybe that's going to be part of this mystery that ends up solving the case. Yeah, no, 
Because there I was mean, no other da- like there was no wound or anything to this child. I don't know. I, the thing was though, the guy we now know was Emily's lover mm-hmm. on the side. He's the guy that said, you know, Charlie. Should you know? I knew we shouldn't have gotten involved with him after I saw what they did to Charlie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, whether or not he's talking about Enos or whoever Enos is working for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said what they did, what they did to Charlie. I don't know. That's why I say somebody's pulling the strings. There's no doubt. Remember, that's why I was saying the church would have something to do with it in order to create a splash case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, makes sense. Discover... Because remember, Bagley says it in this episode, sorry I hid that shame from you, but I know my son would never hurt my grandchild. Right. So it's like, even the church didn't know about Bagley. Mm -hmm. But maybe they did, and they knew he was the one to go to for the money. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the church needs money. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, how do you get your, he's one of the richest parishioners, how do you get him to put more money into it? Yeah, something. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking there's a there's a big web here, and who the mastermind is is going to be a very interesting. For all you know, it's the mama, you know, and the the pre, sister Alice is oblivious to it. Who knows? That's a little bit it, of the way I'm leaning. You just never know. I mean, well, it would make sense to see why she was so upset that they decided to host the funeral at the church. You know, like, oh, you're bringing this a little yeah. too close to home, you know, or something like right. that. Yeah, you're putting the heat on here. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. No, no doubt. Um, predictions for next episode? I mean, before we get into that, I just want to say huge shout out to the CGI or the prop designer who did that final yeah. shot <laughs> when uh, we're going down the street. Yeah, yeah, at the very end. Yeah. Like, my goodness. Like, do you even think about creating that? All the cars? There's no way. I'm surprised with how they were able to make even the city blocks they're yeah. making that are real. Um. But that was pretty wicked. Yeah, I loved I mean, it. You, you actually saw the lights come on. Mm-hmm. You know, the cross lights mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, the, it goes all the way down. It's not like it just randomly well, cuts the, off or something. Even the rail car was showing spikes as it hit the, uh, the electric Yeah, the sparks. Yeah, stuff, yeah, you know, for the, so. the attention to detail is flawless. I mean, when they did, you know, close-ups of everybody that was watching the, uh, you know, the guy sing. You know, all their costume design was on point and everything. All the flash bulbs from the reporters and everything. Yeah, I mean, they, there's just so much that is going into this show that we're just doing like it all and over. Crazy cat ladies, where it's the Catholic thing to do. To yeah, we we drown the males. We drown the males. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, God. doing me proud right there. Yeah. Like, wow, whew. wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna let that one slide, but uh, thanks, Jake. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All right. So when I say predictions wise, uh, my prediction is uh, we're only episode two, chapter two. Okay. <laughs> Uh, who do you think the big bad guy is? You know, is it a single person? You know, I guess that's, let's do some early predictions now. You know, who does Perry uncover is the, you know, the master puppeteer here? I think, I think it's going to be the church myself. Yeah. Only because they wanted some splash publicity. Any publicity is good publicity, I guess, kind of thing. I mean, obviously we know it's a uh, bad cop is one of them. Yeah, I, but. I mean, he's just a yeah. big There's an all-encompassing they. Not just him. And I, I think the DA is going to be involved with the mother of Sister Alice. I, 
I think that's a pretty big encompassing they. I don't know how they connect yet. It's just those are the two I get the biggest gut feeling about yeah. whenever I see them on screen. Like I, I feel slimy whenever I see one of them on screen. Yeah, I could. Yeah, the district attorney. Once again, another introduction of a great actor that mm-hmm. we've seen for years and years. Um, he seems like a slime ball. Oh, I mean, just seeing him come in when they're interrogating. Uh, Doug? Why are we so bad with names? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but whenever he just sees him, he goes, oh, no, we're just here friendly. Don't mind me interrupting. I'm just going to sit right next to EB. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. And just, he's like a car salesman. That's, uh, it was entrapment. Is yeah. It was. Um, and EB, like, he is a terrible lawyer. Like, just getting railroaded the entire time. I, I think he just has, expects people to play within the rules. Like I said, terrible lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Same by my statement. No, yeah, I don't have any pre- other predictions. Yeah, as of yeah the funny thing is, is that there is a small part of me that thinks EB's dirty in this. The reason is, is because, like you literally just said, in this episode, he looks inadequate, inadequate, caught off guard, not handling himself, you know, the whole nine yards. But then by the end of the episode, he's drinking and shaking hands with a DA. Yeah. Now, it might be a reach, but you talk about a major plot twist is if EB is actually a part of the entire situation. If you, if you know what I'm saying. The only problem I have with that is, is that why would you hire somebody you consider your one of your best investigators, or do you hire him expecting him not to because you know he's washed up and desperate for money or whatever? You know, or the fact that he has so many red flags against him that everybody seems to court. know about. Yeah, correct. So to me, it's and he needs money. We've seen now that he knows it's just EB. It's not EB and Associates. And other, you know, there's a little bit there. there there's there a little be. bit of meat on that bone. There, there could be something there. And it could be, all it could be is one or two key things pop up in episodes, the next couple of episodes, and we'd be like, hmm, you know, whatever. To me, the, the, the easy vote is, you know, somebody head of the church. Yeah. You know, that's, that's an easy vote to say because, you know, the way they're setting things up. But if you really want to spice things up, I'm, I'm saying EB is somehow in the mix. I can see it a little bit. There's I'm gonna a, say no. Yeah, only judged on some of the things I've seen. You know, him taking that second drink in the country club. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, the yeah, way really. the way he talked about the letters and how he wanted to get them in, but it's like I can't even introduce these now. You know, I mean, it's like I don't know. He seemed too emphatic. So I don't know. But oh, and brutal HBO sticking to a theme of just arresting people in public. In the most public way yeah. possible. First, we have the Outsider Little League game. Yeah. Now we're here at her child's funeral. Like that come was on. pretty pretty don't sick. To, don't even get to watch her get buried. Yeah, <laughs> it's cold blooded, man. Yeah. Come on, HBO. Like, really? But anyway, that's but, all. I, got. I think that's about it. I think that's a wrap on that, man. Uh, guys, by the way, thank you very much. Tons of emails, tons of social media commentator. We appreciate. Appreciate the positive reviews on iTunes. If y'all keep that up, that'd be huge. If you have a minute and you enjoy it, please do that for us. Um, but again, please hit us up. Um, if you haven't done it yet and you have a spot or you think that we were wrong or missed a detail or something we need to talk about for the future, please email us or hit us on social media. That is Blue TV Podcast at Gmail uh, or Blue TV Podcast on Facebook and or Twitter. Twitter. Um, and we do a pretty good job of responding. I think we responded to everybody this past week, so we look forward to the new ones this week. 
Um, so please do that. Um, and but I think other than that, I think I'm gonna call chapter two a wrap, and we'll go to chapter three. So this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake, and I'm Cash, and we'll see y'all next week.